This episode of the Knicks Film School Podcast is brought to you by our new sponsor, Oakley. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me? Try it for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglass brands in my life, and I can assure you that Oakley is not just the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head on over to oakley.com for more information today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Casual Friday. Um, although you're, it's technically Thursday night, so it's not technically Casual Friday, but to the first ever casual live stream. And I, I don't mean to bring religion into this, but you know I have to. But sometimes when we plan, there's a higher power that laughs. And unfortunately, uh, some emergency things have come up quite literally in the last like 15, 20 minutes that have put a little, a bit of a twist on tonight's proceedings, specifically that I'm here <laughs> uh, joining the casuals, my, my, my good friends and my brothers, uh, the casuals for their live stream. Um, it does not look like we're going to have XJ to be determined if we're going to have Sean, but of course, across from me, my uh, Mets fan in misery, uh, it's Mr. Mensa. Uh, Mensa, how are you today, sir? I'm good. I can't complain. You're good. Um, You're good. I I don't quite um, know who the New York Metropolitans are. We may or may not be um, reevaluating that after the uh, MLB trade deadline. But as for now, um, baseball is canceled for me. So, and that is how I've been preserving my peace in this um, not so peaceful uh, Met season. But um, other than that, yeah, I'm just looking forward to seeing what the Knicks do. I'm very happy with the the most recent Woj report that it's looking like the New York Knicks may not do anything major until next offseason because I want to see these kids grow. But yeah, I'm in I'm in great shape and I'm good and I'm very happy to be on this first live stream for the casuals, even if it may just be um the casual. <laughs> casual, exactly. So let's start there. The Woj, not even report. He was on a podcast or on a radio show. And said that it wasn't this summer, but next summer that the New York Knicks would potentially be more suited to make a big move. Within an hour or two, um, James Harden was mentioned, opted into his contract with the uh, with the Philadelphia 76ers with the intent to trade, to be traded from the Sixers to another team. The Knicks were mentioned as a team that will get involved. It will also be mentioned as a team um, that could potentially get involved in the three-team trade, but the Clippers seem to be more prominently uh, featured in this this report as far as interest in James Harden is concerned. So, as someone who... uh, I think I know where you stand on what you want the Knicks to do, and it's to run it back. Um, As somebody who... And we should mention that... Part of those interests coincide with the return of R.J. Barrett and the uh, thought that he should not be traded, even if he makes the most sense to be the one going out in any of these uh, upgrades to the roster. Where's your head right now, Benza, as far as a a trade that the Knicks might make from uh, that involves R.J. and what the reports of the last couple hours may mean for that? So I am. I am anti 
RJ trade. I'm kind of anti-trade any of these guys because I personally think it's in our best interest to let these guys age, you know, going to their 23 um, seasons for Quentin Grimes and RJ Barrett and for Emmanuel quickly, let them turn 24 in the Knicks jersey. I don't think that there's the worst thing in the world with that. Um, I think, no, quick, I think he already turned 24, let him turn 25 next year. But um, yeah, I'm 100% for running it back. As it pertains to the James Harden rumors, I personally don't buy it just because of how patient Leon Rose has been to this point. And I don't expect him to pay the asking price that Daryl Morey wants. He didn't pay Ainge's price. He didn't pay Ujiri's price for, um, uh, I think, Ananobi. They've been in contact with him about Ananobi. He hadn't paid that price yet. Um, hasn't paid Karnisovic's price for um, for Levine. I don't think he's going to pay Morey's price for Harden. I think that listening to the most recent, maybe not the most recent, because I'm not sure if they've done one since, but listening to the Los Angeles free agency episode of the Windhorse podcast when he had Om Young Masuk on, the more I was listening to it and the more like just hearing like what Jerry West said in that little clip of the Paul George podcast, I am believing more and more each day that it is increasingly less likely that the Clippers are going to go into the fifth year of the Kawhi and Paul George experience when they just can't seem to stay healthy. So I do think that a trade, I think that they, they're really good partners, uh, the Clippers and the Sixers in a trade, because I think Harden going to the Clippers allows um, them to get one, get off of Paul George and two have two stars in place for when they open that arena in 2025, because I think that's a non-negotiable, which is why I didn't really believe that the Knicks were a one-to-one trade partner with the Clippers because the Clippers are going to want to start back. And no matter how much faith I have in Emmanuel quickly, RJ Barrett or Quentin Grimes, the Clippers aren't going to see those guys as a star and not be, and they're not going to want to sell that um, to their fans as they open a new arena. So I don't really buy the Harden rumors as far as um, a three-team trade. You'd have to ask yourself, what do the Philadelphia Sixers want? 76ers. And when you look at Daryl Morey, Daryl Morey's flat out never tanked. Like, never. He's always maintained a competitive basketball team. So I don't see him making a trade for James Harden that makes his team worse. I don't think he's going to try to um, retool around... Joel Embiid, as much as he tried to get Joel Embiid another star, what is the evidence we have in that? If you look to what they did in um, in Houston when James Harden was um, Maury's first star, right? He had Dwight Howard first. After Dwight Howard, I think they pivoted to Chris Paul. After Chris Paul, it was Russell Westbrook. And then like they always had another star to pair with them. It was never a retooling as much as it was a rebranding. So I would expect the same thing for Daryl Moore with Joel Embiid. It didn't work with Ben Simmons. He didn't rebuild it. He said, okay, we're going to flip him for the next guy who was James Harden. Now James Harden's in the building. They're probably going to flip him, flip him for the next guy who, in my opinion, there are two places that he can go. He can either go to the Clippers for Paul George, or he can go to the Chicago Bulls for um, Zach Levine or even uh, DeMar DeRozan. But I think Zach Levine is a more natural fit in Philadelphia. So all that is to say that I don't buy that the Knicks are um, too likely. I don't think they're likely um, destinations for either Paul George or um, James Harden because I personally believe that both of those teams, Philadelphia and the Clippers, are going to want a star back and the Knicks aren't trading a star out in either acquisition. So good question from Dirty Dancer in the chat because it, it's a curious 
it's a curiosity that I've had. Um, it's definitely a curious thing that a lot of people have asked, but uh, why can the Clippers get a star for scraps, but we have to include young players and picks the Knicks. Why do we have to include young players and picks? Um, I don't think you're giving Norm Powell, who was a candidate for sixth man of the year enough credit. I think the league also values Terrence Mann. Um, I think Fournier and Marcus Morris are kind of the same thing in this equation that they're the salary that would be matching going back and the Clippers can offer three future picks and you know, the, they can, they can leave in a year. So I actually don't know if the, the Knicks have to, it, it, this honestly comes down to what we as, and this actually might be a perfect uh, lane for you, Mensa, but how Knicks fans and some Knicks fans, uh, agree or disagree on the value of R.J. Barrett and how the league might see R.J. Barrett. Um, so do you agree with that assessment that it comes to the Rorschach test of what the value of R.J. Barrett might actually be? Um. So as a Knicks tax uh, tinfoil hat owner, I kind of see what Dirty Dancer is saying, but um, I also see what you're saying that we're not giving enough value to the assets the Clippers could send out in a trade that doesn't involve Paul George or Kawhi Leonard. Um, yeah, Norm Powell was a sixth man of the year candidate, but if you look at it the same way, Emmanuel quickly mm-hmm. was a sixth man of the year candidate, right? So we can, if we would be able to match them one for one in any trade, um, the RJ Barrett of it all. Yeah, I guess. I mean, how do we view RJ Barrett? You know, like some of us, you know, like on the more rational side of it, view him as a future star. I would be one of those people, but in a more sober, like analyses of things, this is a young player, 23 years old, who was under contract for the next, what is it? Four years. Four and years. What is essentially half of a max contract. And he's a guy who's already a 20 point per game score, who's shown up in the playoffs for you. And there's reason to believe that he can improve as a basketball player. So I don't, I don't know if he, if Knicks fans or anybody else really views him as a star in a sober mindset, but I guess he's not the centerpiece that a player like, I guess an Evan Mobley would be in a trade or even, um, maybe even a Tyrese Maxey or the way people seem to think um, Tyler Hero would have been a centerpiece in a, in a, I'm sorry, uh, Damian Lillard trade. But even that came back uh, in some reports that um, Portland is lukewarm on a guy like, on a guy like, um, I'm sorry, on Tyler Hero. So is he Darius Garland in terms of value? No, but Darius Garland was an actual all-star. You know, we can't say the same thing for um, R.J. Barrett. So I don't know. I think that R.J. Barrett is viewed correctly throughout the league. I know his value had been in the tank after the after the regular season, but I think that postseason kind of pulled him up. And also, we just don't know what his value is until he's traded. So it's more a question in theory than it is like in, I guess, actual reality. But yeah, I... No, I, I think if... Whatever R.J. Barrett's current value is, is probably accurate. I think... So that actually more leads to my the other question from Dirty Dancer. Should uh, shouldn't we wait to see how this impact how this impacts Embiid before giving up anything for lesser players? It's why like I'm I'm just not interested in on RJ for a, a James Harden trade. I documented that well on the pod with John just now. Um, I think I think my evaluation of RJ Mensa is that um. 
I, I recognize the things that he can do well. I loved the passer he became in the playoffs. I'm not sure the shot making is always going to be that, which is why the 82 game sample does still matter. Um, and the bigger question I have is how well he fits next to Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle, um, which look, I get it that it's a Julius Randle versus RJ conversation. I think I'm more, I'm not even entertaining the Julius going out conversation because reality is a thing and the Knicks are not trading Julius Randle unless it's to upgrade. And um, RJ Barrett, they might be able to upgrade easier to uh, a guy on the wing like a Paul George or a Zach Levine, who I personally would consider an upgrade in both cases. Um, all that being said, uh, I don't, I think, I believe the first take I had of the offseason is I don't hate the idea of running it back. And if that's where this lands tomorrow night and the Knicks like free agency starts and things happen and trades are made and the dust settle. And what the Knicks do is just like find a new home for Obi and Dante DiVincenzo comes here and it's a weird clunky fit, but that's the roster. Um, then maybe that's what they do. Um, and if it's a version of run it back and Woj is right, that next summer is the thing they do. Then maybe that's what it, what we're looking at. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to give you some gasoline Mensa and I'm going to uh, give you an RJ hater that not necessarily hater, but I'm going to read a comment from Brian Martinez. I don't know how people can have hope in RJ when he struggled the most with Brunson here. If you take away his shooting volume, he's even more inefficient. He needs a lot of work as a shooter. Now I do agree with a lot of this. So what is your your thoughts on this? I want to turn this into an RJ Barrett pod, live stream, by the way. Um, these to me, these are these are valid points, but they're um based on perspective and not like because you can look at it like, OK, RJ Barrett struggled the most with Jalen Brunson here. But the on off tells you that that's flatly wrong, that what's actually happening is that RJ Barrett and Jalen Brunson on and Julius Randle off has a pretty good plus minus. I think, I think it's around like nine. They're like plus nine, right? Is it better with Julius Randle? Yeah. Cause Julius Randle is a better player, but it's not that RJ Barrett doesn't fit next to Jalen Brunson. It's that RJ Barrett doesn't fit in that role, I guess, as the off ball shooter, the catch and shoot kind of guy, with Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle in this offense that is really isocentric and essentially um, an, an option offense where the, the ball handler has the option to do whatever, right? So I don't agree with it that R.J. Barrett is... I, I just don't think that's right, that R.J. Barrett doesn't fit next to Jalen Brunson. I, and we have a plethora of evidence to prove that. Um, taking away the shooting volume, he's more inefficient... That also I don't agree with because we saw RJ Barrett lower his shooting volume in the playoffs because he was what? How many of the bad shots did we see in the playoffs? He turned those bad shots at the rim into passes out, right? So that lowers his shooting volume and he became more efficient. He does need a lot more work as a shooter. There's no getting around that, at least in this offense. You can you can argue that in a different system in a different city they may be able to leverage his current skills that will be able to mask the shooting. But as a New York Nick, yes, he does need to. Um, improve as a shooter. And we have seen him have a good shooting season as a Nick. Of course, it was the um, the empty gym season. But um, 
Yeah, I the, the first two points I I can argue against the he obviously needs to work as a shooter, but you can say that about basically every NBA basketball player that they need to work as a shooter because that's the league that we're in. Um, but yeah, I don't think that the issue is the fit long term next to Brunson. It's the fit with Brunson and Randall, and if Brunson and Randall are going to be here, yes, you probably need to find a new home for RJ Brad if you want to maximize what this roster can give you. Um. I'm I'm trying to go through lineup data now to find it. Um, look, Jalen Brunson was good next to everybody last year, so that's it's not so much that I I agree with you, Mensa. He just was so much better with Julius Randle and Emmanuel quickly in those three man lineups than anything else. Um, they just was also flat out the eye test showed me so much more down after the Josh Hart trade. Uh, down the stretch, that the Knicks became a different team when R.J. Barrett checked out of the game. So while the playoffs say a different story, and I commend R.J. for taking a leap during the playoffs, that maybe we get to see and find out what that becomes. Uh, I'm not as inclined to to say that there's like statistical evidence. And maybe this is like a point for a podcast if R.J. still here in two weeks. But um, yeah, we'll 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 go on to the next question which comes from brian valderrama is this an off season just like a roller coaster ride uh we are starting to end up back where we started (laughs) mensa i assume this is something you're hoping for at the end of the day oh yeah absolutely yeah definitely bring everybody back Bring them all back. Send Obi somewhere. Get a better fit as a um, backup power forward because he's just not getting the minutes here. But yeah, we saw that post-deadline, this team had the third best record in the NBA. We saw them win a playoff series as an underdog. They went six and five in the playoffs. And again, third best record in the NBA post-trade deadline. You could argue that the Josh Hart acquisition was kind of like our offseason a couple months earlier because we were a different team after after the acquisition. And I think that if you allow these young players to grow in this environment, that it will continue to be a good product. Um, you don't have to sell on these guys just yet. You don't have to trade them, you know, trade somebody. For, you don't have to trade them yet for an imperfect solution. You know, we can we, we can afford to be patient. I understand that, you know, with DiVincenzo coming in and all of these things, maybe DiVincenzo doesn't come here. You know, like we're assuming that Dante DiVincenzo gets here. But what happens if Minnesota says, hey, we can make you our sixth man? Does he really want to come to a situation in New York where he's going to be fighting with five other guys for rotation minutes? You know, like, yeah, I'm sure the the Brunson and Hart relationships there matter a lot. But I would be totally fine with the New York Knicks running it back because we were a top five offense all season. We were a very different team when we started Quentin Grimes. And after the um, after the the Josh Hart trade acquisition, we were an even more different team. So I don't have I don't I don't have this fear and this anxiety of, oh, everybody else is making moves and we're not. Well, we don't have to make moves. We're a good basketball team and we should continue to bet that this that this team will remain good because it was. And they were overwhelming at how good they were in the regular season. And again, six wins in the playoffs. And if we didn't have as bad of 
I guess if Tom Thibodeau, you can you can make whatever it is. If Tom Thibodeau wasn't scared of Jimmy Say Butler, because you thought if, if they start quitting Grimes from game no, no, one, there I were there were. I know you guys believe this. No, there there were multiple things that I was going to say. Like okay, so, ahead, sorry. if. If Tom Thibodeau doesn't get scared of Jimmy Butler, you can say that. If Quentin Grimes starts, you can say that. You can say that if Julius Randle isn't healthy, um, is healthy. If Emmanuel quickly doesn't go down in game three, there are so many what ifs that to me, it's worth it to bring the team back because yeah. there are a lot of, you may have a lot of answers there and you may see this team go further with more continuity and with more, um, experience being together. Tom Thibodeau getting more experience and more comfortable with the group, the young guys improving. There's so many, um, positive possibilities that can come out of this that I think they overweigh, uh, they outweigh the the negative angle of, oh, what if they regress? Because I don't believe, like you can't have a young team, one of the youngest rotations in the NBA and expect them to regress. That's not how it works. You know, young teams tend to get better, you know, so you bet on that and you don't worry about, oh, we didn't get Paul George or we didn't get this guy. Leon Rose is asleep. Like all that stuff is, is fun, it's sensational, but there is... There's value and patience in building an NBA franchise out. And I think we're going to see that next season if this team decides to run it back. So we got a super chat coming in from Matt Smith. If Embiid hits the request button, what are the offers you are putting on the table? I'll just speak for myself, for Joel Embiid. Um, there's very few things that aren't. Um, I think Jalen Brunson is not on the table. Um I think that's the end of my sentence. Mensa, what's uh, the, that's not on the table. I'm not saying trade 14 players for Joel Embiid, by the way. I'm saying, <laughs> like, let's work out a deal. Everybody's available except Jalen Brunson. Um, if Embiid hits the, um, well, thank you, Matt, for your super chat. That's the first thing I want to say. Um, but also, yeah, personally, I'm not an Embiid guy. I mm. have never truly been all in on Joel Embiid. So if you're asking what I would put on the table, um, I guess you're looking at RJ Barrett, Mitchell Robinson. For me, it would be RJ Barrett, Mitchell Robinson, two unprotected first. That's kind of my offer. I would not want to go any further than that. But would, what would the Knicks put on the table? Everything but Jalen Brunson. Say your offer again. Um, RJ Barrett, Mitchell Robinson, two unprotected first round picks. Like that would be the meat and bones of my of my offer. I'm not a big Embiid guy. I'm sorry. I just I, he's not my guy. Um, but I, I need to have the counterpoint. So RJ Barrett, I guess the the prospect of him being 23 is and what he could become eventually, but not the MVP of the league. Say I'm sorry. Say that again. But not the MVP of the league. No, I'm the. I don't like what is the MVP of the league part? Like you say, like the whole. So I'm not, okay. I'm not understanding the point. So RJ Barrett is your guy. Like you're you're an advocate for keeping RJ and what he could become. But the MVP of the league and what he could potentially mean for this team next to Jalen Brunson is not your guy. Yeah, I'm not an MB guy. I don't think th I think his MVP legitimacy aged like milk. Um, I'm Fine. just not like he's not call my guy. him the runner up for MVP the last three years. Then the yeah, no, he's he's good at NBA basketball. He's great. He's phenomenal. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. However, the injury concerns are one thing that you have to you have to take into play. The other thing is historically he is not he takes a step down in the playoffs. He doesn't step up in the playoffs and he's never been out of the second round of the playoff. That's another thing. Um, do you think, do you believe that 
Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle would be his best teammates? How does Julius Randle fit as the third wheel in there? Do you move Julius Randle? Like, there are just too many questions for me. And again, I'm just, he's just not my cup of tea. I think I would rather hold like my best offer for a guy who I really believe in, like Giannis, who we don't know yet if he's mm. going to be available. But that situation isn't exactly um, as bulletproof as we thought it was a year ago. You know, and that's a guy who plays a lot of games. That's a guy who we've seen go to the top of the mountain and take a step up, you know, like with Joel Embiid. Again, I think this team is in a position where we can be patient, but especially with Joel Embiid, you're going to have to give up so much for him that that's kind of your move. You don't really have another move unless you can like flip Julius for somebody else. But again, he's not my guy. Um, I'm not a big fan of him. I would rather hold for another guy. And that other guy for me is Giannis right now. I'm not going to say like, that's crazy that I don't want Embiid. I want Giannis. You literally picked two of the three MVP candidates for this season. So I can't like push too far back on that. Uh, In this pipe dream where one of them becomes available. I everything's on the table. Don't get me wrong. The table. So that's, that's and that's why I'm not a general manager. That's why I'm not an NBA general manager because I wouldn't be all in. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, next up, Juan Sex Fitty Juan. I finally get to read this name. I know XJ loves Laurie, Laurie Marketing, but would it be worth knowing how unreasonable? Would it be worth it knowing how unreasonable Danny Ainge is? Don't want a 2022 summer repeat. Uh, this is a fair conversation um, or point that you're making, Juan Sex Fitty Juan. Um, man, I wish XJ was here to, to talk this out. Uh, he has some stuff come up, but. He, uh, there's a statistical case that Laurie Markkinen was one of the like four or five best forwards last year that was reflected in the All NBA voting. Um, and it's why I think, um, I guess no, technically he was one of the seven or eight NBA forwards reflected in the All NBA voting. The point is he was outstanding last season. Um, and if you were available with any other team, I think you could, um. I think you could have a different conversation about going and getting him. For me, Mensa, the problem with any notion of Laurie Markkinen is I think the Knicks would view him as a four and they're just, they're not trading Julius Randle. They have their four. They have an all NBA four already on the roster. And you want to talk about going out and Embiid trade. Julius Randle would be my centerpiece for a Joel Embiid trade. So that's where it becomes complicated that you're, you're, you want to talk about saving your chips for, a, a superstar like that to come available, it would be Julius Randle. Uh, Mensa, what are your thoughts? Yeah, the the Lowry marketing stuff is a pipe dream. It, it's not going to happen because, again, this, like you said, this organization views would, would view him as a power forward and they wouldn't be moving Julius Randle to Salt Lake City. That's the first thing. The second thing is they're committed to Julius Randle for, I think, everybody... I think they take Julius Randle over a bunch of guys in the NBA. You know, um, he wouldn't be mentioned in a Paul George trade. You can believe that the James Harden trade. They're trying to add James Harden to Julius Randle. You know, like so he's not he's not going anywhere. So I don't know if it, if this really requires much discussion as far as like actual merit. But 
I mean, in theory, yes, Danny Age is an absolute pig to deal with in discussions and would want everything. So it probably wouldn't be worth it in the end because Larry Markinen, while a, an excellent basketball player, I don't know how much he moves the needle for your basketball team because the Utah Jazz, they were they were interesting at first, but then they petered off, you know? So I wouldn't want to pay what Danny Ainge would ask for in terms of a Larry Markinen trade. I just think I don't believe it would be worth it. Next up from Juanan, where is Embiid on Mensa's trade list? Top 50, top 100. I'll hang up and listen. On my trade list. That's a great question. Thank you for the uh, the super chat, Juanan. Um, on my trade list, Joel Embiid. Okay, let's go. Let's. This is fun. Let's go. I'm, I'm officially list. clocking in. I'm going to push back where I think you're crazy. Go ahead. So who do you have ahead of Joel Embiid on a, on a trade value list? All right, so I'm just gonna go with the what I'll call the the XJ list, um, estimated plus minus. So you're going over EPM, okay? Yeah, we're gonna go EPM, right? So I'm gonna just look at a bunch of guys. Let's look at the top. What one, two, three, four, five? Well, I'll go to the top ten guys, right? In EPM this season, so it was Nikola Jokic, Joel Embiid, Dame Lillard, Jimmy Butler, Kawhi Leonard, Luka Doncic, Steph Curry, um, Giannis. Kevin Durant and let's say, yeah, and LeBron James is 10th, right? So of those 10 guys in the league, I would not have Damian Lillard over him. I wouldn't have Kawhi Leonard over him because of health and health only. I think I would, if I didn't have to worry about health with Kawhi Leonard, I mean, that's a no brainer. Um, I would not have Steph Curry over him because of fit and age. I wouldn't have Durant and I wouldn't have LeBron again because of age and fit. So the guys I would have, oh, did I say, yeah, I think I said I wouldn't have Dame. Okay. So I would have Jokic. Mm -hmm. I would have Butler. I would have Doncic. I would have Giannis. I would also have, um, just to add, I would also have SGA over him. I would have Tatum over him. And I think that's it. Devin Booker? Yeah, I'd have Devin Booker over him. Victor Wembenyama? Wemby. Wemby's number two on my list right now. So, and a trade value. You're Wemby getting that on a rookie scale contract. Now, I don't know if you have draft takes that you want to give out. That no, not uh, not really okay. any any draft takes. But I have to see it to believe it with Wemby. Okay. Not not that I doubt that he, if healthy, will be one of the greatest things we've ever like witnessed in our lifetime. I do believe he is. A like they say a generational talent. I think this is a talent that skips generations with Victor Wembanyama. But we've never seen a guy that tall and that skinny be healthy for a long time. So I don't want to rank Victor Wembanyama on anything because I'm not all there on the belief health wise, but I'm not out on the talent. So I don't know how to rank him. But um, yeah, just for my I guess just to get back to that short MB. Guys, I would have over Embiid. I have Jokic. I have Jimmy. I have Doncic, Giannis, um, SGA, Tatum, and we said Devin Booker, right? So that's yeah. So that's what that's seven, seven. eight guys, seven guys. You know, so I don't think it, that's too unreasonable. It's not uh, Anthony Edwards. <sighs> I'll yeah, take it because he's younger. So yeah. I, I'm, also, I, I wanna, I'm not an eight guy, by the way. But I want to clarify: Are you doing this? Like, are you factoring in contract? Like, no. 
So that's, um, that's the other part of this. You're just talking about for this upcoming season, if this guy became available in a trade, are you doing it? And it's solely about, I want to win a championship this year. So for if that if those are the parameters, then I would have if I go back, I would have Embiid over Ant, like without a doubt. If it's just this season, I'm considering. So no, that's actually that's not to, to to Juanon's point. I guess that's not technically a trade value list because you're actually evaluating the contract length and what they still have in the tank and what your franchise will look like for years to come. Which is why James Harden is much lower on this list. It's why someone like LeBron James and Anthony Davis, they're much lower on this list. Um, I think the only disagreement I have is I would, uh, Steph Curry, I would have over Embiid. So I would, I would actually have Embiid lower than you. Um, but I think Steph is just, I think he's going to age perfectly into his, his late 30s and, um, will like just always wake up and walk off the bus and be able to shoot 45% from three. Um, so that's, that's, that's my thought there. Um, but in like Embiid, I, I, I'm glad you have him top 10. So yeah, so it's not, I actually don't think there's anything crazy about the take. Um, if you were to push request, I would include more than what you did. That's all. Yeah. Um, okay. I think, yeah, I think that's fair. And I do want to like, put some caveats to it. When I think about like trade list for a guy like Embiid, I'm thinking about if I have Embiid, I probably have the best of him for the next three years. Over the next three years, with are there any basketball players that I personally would rather have over him? Not over the next four, not over the next five. Because if you're talking five and out, yeah, give me it. But over the next three years, that's kind of how I calculated. I'd rather have SGA over the next three than Embiid over the next three because I think while Embiid may have him like the first year and a half, maybe like towards year two and year three, I might like Shea may be a better basketball player at that point because of the health and um and age concerns that come with Joel Embiid who's turning 30 next season. So it's just, you know, like especially with the the injuries, man, the injuries really scare me and then I haven't I've seen enough in the playoffs that I think it's fair to be skeptical of Embiid because he just doesn't like everybody's expecting him to step up, but he's 30 in before we blink and he hasn't done it yet. You know, so to your point about the injuries, the issue with that I have with Embiid, if if there is any, is that he's always gone so hard in the regular season to try and win this award then he shows up in the playoffs gassed and the last three years, it's been an injury that's made him take a step down. Um, and this season, well, okay. Four of the last five years, I should say one year was in the bubble. So I don't fully count that. He was actually outstanding in that bubble series, even though they got swept. And then the Ben Simmons here, I, I don't put on Joel Embiid, Ben, ben Simmons didn't forget how to play basketball because I want to be respectful, but like refused to, Play basketball, one end of the basketball court. So um, I'll just leave that there. Uh, the next two seasons, he got hurt in the playoffs. And part of it is because he spent most of the season trying to win an award. And I wonder if now that he's won it, that he recognizes the bigger goal as a championship. And you just need him to be healthy for one of these postseasons, especially off of Jalen Brunson. And he's like, he's legendary forever, you know? Yeah, but I mean the but the the playoff things like it's staggering. He scored 33 points on a 655 true shooting percentage in this season his MVP season. In the postseason that drops down to 23 points 
on a 561 true shooting percentage. That is, that's not good. Again, like, he got hurt. Again, he got hurt. Like, which to your point is like the the question. But I'm wondering if now that he's no longer gonna go as hard as he is for the MVP, if there's, you know, uh, John talks about the Hakeem run. I'd settle. I'd settle for the Dirk run at this point. Well, I think they're two different players, so they're different um, as far as what they're expected. But I don't know, man. I. This might also be a vote of confidence in Jalen Brunson that if you have a chance to pair him with Joel Embiid, with um, I, is Joel Embiid going to set screens for him? Because if he yes. did, then I'm all, I'm all in. Then I'm all not in. to deal with Mitchell Robinson anymore. Thank you, Juanon, for that conversation. For over 30 years, the law offices of Weiss and Rosenblum in New York City has been home to a team of award-winning, hard-hitting injury attorneys who have a long track record of seven-figure results. Whether you've been injured in a car accident, fall, construction accident, or other traumatic event, Weiss and Rosenblum will work tirelessly to maximize the award, regardless of the severity of your injury, and get you and your family the fair and just compensation you deserve. Call Weiss and Rosenblum today at 212-366-6100. Again, that's 212-366-6100 or visit weissandrosenblum.com for more information. No case is too big or too small. Personal attention to your matter is a priority. Once more, call 212-366-6100. Previous results do not guarantee future outcomes. If you think you might have a case, speak with a veteran attorney, not a rookie. And now, a quick break to tell you about our new sponsor, Bird Dogs. Do you want a pair of shorts that aren't just comfortable, but make you look good? Well, Bird Dogs has just what you need. Their stretch khakis are designed to fit slimmer, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. That's because they aren't like regular shorts, which are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. Instead, they invented a cloud-knit fabric that looks just like khakis, but stretches. Now, you get a waist slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird Dogs also use anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all summer long. So I'll ask again, want to look good while being comfortable? Don't hesitate. Head to birddogs.com to check out their full catalog of shorts, pants, and so much more. You can also use the promo code POOL to receive a free Yeti-style tumbler with your first order. Again, that's birddogs.com. That's bird. B-I-R-D, dogs, D-O-G-S, dot com, and promo code POOL, P-O-O-L, to receive a free Yeti-style tumbler with your first order. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. What's up, Knicks fans? Express your style and build a look that's made just for you. Oakley's changing the game, and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities. Do you run, golf, train, or just want to look like your favorite athlete? Then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakley's today. Suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses allowing for an extension of self and an expression of your personality, with Oakley, there's more than meets the eye. Here at Knicks Film School, our motto is look good, play good, and that's why Oakley is the perfect partner for us. Not a one of us leaves the house in the morning without our Oakleys. And listen up, because it's officially almost summer, which means you need to upgrade your sunglass game now. Check out Oakley.com to get yourself a pair today. Also, did you know that Oakley even offers prism lens technology? Now, I know what you're thinking. GMAC, what the hell is that? Well, it's a technology solely used by Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. 
Want to know more? Head on over to oakley.com and check it out for yourself. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses. That'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me? Try it for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglass brands in my life, and I can assure you that Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head on over to oakley.com for more information today. We got two from Robert Cross, and then we'll get out of here. The casuals. I think there is a real difference in the New York Knicks fan camp and the quality of our young players and their ceilings. Some of us think we are closer than others think, to paraphrase. Um, hashtag 53 wins. Um, Rod, Robert has made it very clear how he feels about um, the ceiling of some of the young players on this team, Mensa. And I, I would argue that many uh, have made it clear how they feel about the ceilings of the young players on this team. Irrational feelings aside, is there anybody that you think um, is being undervalued? Um, I'm, I'm just taking RJ off the table. Undervalued by the, as far as ceilings are concerned, in the Knicks, Knicks what we'll call it the Knicks bubble. Oh, Emmanuel quickly. Quickly. I think he's Set a billion percent. I think he's very easily undervalued. Um, we in the in the chat today, I really wasn't able to participate in the the faculty chat, but um DJ Zulo was asking this is this is like a detraction, I would say. He was asking if there's any like physical trait or skill that Emmanuel quickly has that would keep him from getting to, I guess, the next level, whatever anybody thinks that is for him. And the one that in the back of my mind is very glaring for Emmanuel quickly is his, his ball handling, because I did feel like in that Cleveland series and maybe to a lesser extent in the Miami series, when those two teams, when Cleveland and Miami put ball pressure on him, he really wasn't able to face them. He had to turn his back. He was struggling with it. And I think that a guy like quickly is a workhorse. I think he knows that he struggled to dribble against those guys. And that's why the turnovers are what they were and why he was kind of, they were able to take him out of his zone because if quick isn't comfortable, quick can't be quick. And they made him very uncomfortable by taking this dribble away from him. I think that he's going to work very hard to, to shore that up. And then everything else with him is kind of, he's already a great rebounder for his size. He's already a great passer. He's already a great defender. He does things on the basketball court that you need from a winning basketball player. And we just saw Tyler Hero, RJ Barrett and Jordan Poole get paid. And I don't think it's unreasonable, unreasonable to believe that quickly is going to be better than all three of those guys. I don't think that's unreasonable at all. In fact, he was better than all three of those guys this season um, by many metrics. So those guys all got paid around 25, 30 million plus. And you say those same numbers for quickly this season, as the cap is rising, people are saying that those numbers are crazy. So that to me is just flat out proof that Emmanuel quickly is undervalued. Um, we are allowing his playoffs. And I know as somebody who fully believes in the RJ Barrett playoff experience, that this sounds crazy for me, but we are allowing the playoffs that he just had to undersell what he can eventually be. I, like you, believe that Emmanuel quickly was turning a corner in game three until Bam Adebayo decided to dive at his knee. Um, <laughs> that's another story. Yeah, that's that's another story for another day. Um, yeah, so I do think that Quick is a guy that we are undervaluing as a fan base and maybe even in that front office. 
But I hope that the front office is not undervaluing him. And if he says he wants a hundred million over four years, you sign him with that because I feel like Emmanuel quickly on $25 million a year is a bargain. He is a very good basketball player. I think I went over this with XJ and Sean on our last Casual Fridays podcast that he's on a very short list of guards under 25 with an EPM ranked as high as his. I think it's really him, Garland, um, Halliburton, and Morant. I think that's kind of the list. It's a very short list. And I'm sorry, and Luka Doncic. So very short list of guys. And if and if you're telling me that all four of those guys are max contract players and Amanda quickly is not, I would I can't say that Emmanuel quickly is a max contract player, but it does let you know where his value and his impact, I should say, can event not eventually get, but it's worth the money that he's gonna ask for. And I think that if you don't believe that, then you're undervaluing him. So maybe I, I listen, I've been saying I don't want him in included in Levine talks. I don't want him included in Paul George talks. Um, I would concede at an Embiid conversation, but I, I, I'm also high on his ceiling. Uh, I'm at four for ninety right now for a guy that if he signs that man, but but like that's the conversation. One. Like I think Lee consensus, as Fred Katz put in his article a couple weeks ago, was like four for eighty four was the Emmanuel Quickly contract. Then you read the report today for those who missed it that Emmanuel Quickly's camp wants nine figures now. I don't know if it's four for a hundred. I believe it's nine figures. That could be four one twenty five. It could be four one. He could want more than RJ for as valuable as quickly was last year. I don't think they're specifically going to be like, well, let's sort by EPM. They may look at the advanced numbers and do so and see where his value is accrued. But I do think that Emmanuel quickly is valuable and has a, a, a valuable starter ceiling. Um, I think if they got him to four one hundred, that would be, yeah. Like so, Ben Kim Gerby put it in the chat: four ninety six plus incentives. So it's like four for one ten, but fourteen of that is unlikely bonuses. And if he hits it, great. Then you probably improved. Um, but that's where I am as far as quickly is concerned. I, I don't think. Look, I'll just I'm gonna rapid fire some Robert Cross chats for you, Mensa. So the next one from Robert, the casuals, my favorite part of KFS. Curious from Mensa and GMAC. What are you excited about for this group for next year? Hashtag 53 wins. Um, I'm excited for a very fun regular season that I don't think has a very high playoff ceiling. Um, that's just me personally. I think the kids could take a leap. I'm realistic that I don't see another star accruing out of this. At least that's my evaluation that I don't think another star will show up. I recognize that that opinion is not shared by many, specifically by the person who sent in this chat. Um, but we go on to his last one. We are one. This is again from Robert Cross improved outside shooting and one to you, one to two young players stepping up um, to compete for the title. Um, IQ and Grimes are undervalued. I mm. am I missing something, Mensa, in your mind? That I mean. I, no, go ahead. Go ahead. You can fit that. I'm just like, I think this team had a second round ceiling. We saw it. And now if they have a chance to upgrade, like it, it's been the conversation for the last week. If there's a Paul George opportunity, I can't fault them for taking it. And I, I'd probably end up being okay with it. I think I'm the same thing with OG Ananobi. 
I don't think it's a bad thing to run it back, especially I don't I'd rather the Knicks make no deal than a bad deal or what I consider a bad deal. But I don't hate the idea of um, them looking to upgrade if they have the chance to. So um, just quickly on the OG Ananobi stuff, like I've watched enough basketball from OG Ananobi to believe that guy doesn't really help you in the playoffs. Um, really? He's an oper- yeah. Offensively. Yeah. Offensively. I, there's a defensive conversation. Jalen Brunson needs people to play next to him. That- and I'll hear that. I absolutely will. But, and look, this guy, OG Ananobi. Wait a minute. One of the best defenders in, in basketball. Don't get me wrong. But when I watch, like when I watch him, like the way he scores, the way he gets his buckets, it's not, I don't want to make this an OG Ananobi dialogue, but I'm not confident that he helps you like trading him, trading for him makes you a better playoff team in the regular season. Yeah. Him over RJ because you're getting the defense, you're getting the three point shooting. He's really good for regular season basketball, especially for what the Knicks want to do. But I'm not as confident in him in the playoffs, but we'll, I'll leave that right where it is. Um, what I did want to say was that we were anybody. <laughs> Sorry. Literally I'm, anyone. I'm making faces. Go ahead. Go ahead. Man. No, go that's ahead. fine. We were literally any, like anybody showing up in game six from being back literally home. Anybody. Game seven. Like if Tibbs showed up, it was really just, it was Brunson. And Scott Foster. Who it was, that was that my game. take after the post game. That he had one no person problem. show up for him that night. It was Scott Foster. Like if nobody Julius else shows up. up. I actually don't think Tibbs was that bad, but like you can point to the any margin you want to and be like, if that doesn't happen, then maybe we're playing game seven. That's how good Jalen Brunson was in game seven, game six. Right. Right. So we were really like, we were close enough to an Eastern conference final appearance that, Hey, if this team improves internally, you might be able like, look, what if we were in the final four this year? You know, we're going to say it's all smoke and mirrors, you know, like, and again, this team after the trade deadline was a, was had a top three record in basketball. They, and they're young, they're improving, you know? So I, I don't quite share the same optimism as title contender because that's a really steep climb. Mm-hmm. But I do think that this Knicks team is better then people are giving it credit, for, like giving us credit for, especially with a seemingly weakening uh, 76ers team, a Bucks team that might get weaker. Um, we don't know. Like, I like our chances against uh, the Boston Celtics just because. Even with Porzingis? We, even with Porzingis, because they may not miss a shot, but when they do miss a shot, the New York Knicks are going to get all those rebounds. Um, so yeah, even no, they don't I, miss often. Okay, <laughs> even if they, even if they miss four shots, I'm uh-huh. telling you who's going to get those four rebounds. Um, yeah, I'm I'm pretty optimistic with the New York Knicks. I've always been a New York Knicks optimist. Title contender is very yeah. steep, but hey, what if Julius Randle goes into the postseason with both of his ankles? How are we looking at this season? You know, there's again, there are just so many like what ifs to the positive that. Yeah, internal improvement could do a lot for this team and just one of those dominoes swinging the other way. What does quickly look like in his third postseason, right? The first one didn't really go his way. The second one didn't really go his way. What if in his third postseason it goes his way? What if Julius Randle goes into the postseason healthy because he doesn't have a freak accident against the Miami Heat and then gets that same ankle re-injured? You know, like there's so many, again, there's just so many positives. And if you add some outside shooting, internal, like again, internal growth, 
if Emmanuel Quickly takes another step, if RJ Barrett takes a step forward, if Quentin Grimes takes a step forward, you're looking at a team that could have its way with a lot of teams in the regular season. And hey, what if we win two playoff series in the postseason? Because Emmanuel Quickly in the regular season that we just saw shows up in the postseason, right? Like if if Jalen Brunson gets any help, any help, mm-hmm. this is a different basketball team. And I think there's reason to believe that the Knicks have players currently on the roster that can help Jalen Brunson in the postseason. Two things before we move on. One, OG Ananomi has a 58% effective field goal percentage in the playoffs. He's shooting 40% from three on six attempts in the playoffs as well. So you want to talk about adding outside shooting. OG Ananomi would do that and be arguably the best defensive player, best perimeter defensive player on the team, which if you don't have to give up Josh Hart and don't have to give up Mayo quickly and don't have to give up Mitchell Robinson, that's a playoff. That's a playoff defense that you can count on. Um, The next thing, one thing I try not to do is evaluate an entire season. Now, as a Knicks fan, we haven't had a lot of chances to do this, but evaluate entire season by how the last game ended. And you're right. Like if anybody shows up in that game six, I believe the Knicks win and potentially get it to a game seven and Jalen Brunson becomes a legend that got the Knicks to the conference finals. We can't put ourselves in that exact same scenario as if like that's going to be that opportunity, that specific opportunity is going to present itself next season because that's what the Grizzlies did. And they ran it back. And then all sorts of stuff happened on and off the court, yet they still got a two seed and got bounced in the first round. Every year is different. Teams show up out of nowhere. The Knicks showed up out of nowhere. I know, like, Mr. Cavs in five, I I can't, like, take that away. But I'm not going to say the Cavs won't be better next season. They were a four seed last year. They won 50-plus games. There's a world where Evan Mobley gets better, and they improve and win more games with, like you said, a Sixers team that might be getting worse. I think the Bucs are still going to be a force to be reckoned with. I think the Celtics are going to be the best team in the East. And oh yeah, the Miami Heat might get Dame Lillard. Like, I'm not going to rule that out that, okay, even if they don't, I still think they'll be a team to be reckoned with as we just saw in the regular, in in the playoffs. So because not, this league may be fitted with parity. There is also the fact that no single season looks exactly the same in this new era. I have to, I have to push back that like uh, the Knicks, I think should take advantage of the fact that, Oh, we're better than we thought. Now we should improve and take advantage of this window without completely depleting their depth, which is where I I think improve that. That's how you ensure yourself. Not like maybe we end up in the final four. How about improving the roster so you can uh, increase your chances of ending up? in the final four. That's where I stand on it. At least I, look, very fair points. I think there, I, but th- that's what I'm, that's kind of where I stand on it is I won't be upset at the Knicks. If they decide to accelerate the timeline, I won't be upset at the Knicks. If they decide to go with a more organic approach and allowing the young guys to get better. I think the Knicks are in a good position my personal opinion is that there are more wrong moves out there than right moves. Um, Levine maybe seems mm. like a good move. I'm not truly sold on him. Um, Paul George, there are pros and cons. Um, you can argue pros and cons for Carl Anthony Towns. You can argue pros and cons for all of these guys, right? But it's all about opportunity cost for me. What does this move 
cost? Is it going to cost what is it going to cost you in unprotected picks? I, as an RJ Barrett believer and an RJ Barrett supporter, if the, if you told me that the Knicks got Paul George for RJ Barrett, Evan Fournier, the, the Milwaukee pick and the, the Milwaukee 25, the New York 24 and the Washington 24, I would be okay with that. I would be, I would, because I understand the logic behind it. Would I be happy with it? Probably not because again, sports are emotional for a lot of us and mo- all of us actually. And I have emotional attachments to the players on the team that we root for. I say that to say that there's nothing wrong with having biases, children, as long as you are aware of your own biases. Um, so if the Knicks ran it back, I would see the wisdom in that. I would understand that because you're looking at a young team that did well. You didn't like any of the moves that were available to you. You didn't like what they cost you. You felt like the external evaluation did not match up with your internal evaluation. You didn't want to feel like you're getting robbed. These superstars become available literally every six months. Last six months, it was a different set of guys. I mean, last year, it was a different set of guys. This year, it's a new set of guys. Next year, it's going to be a new, another set of guys. So you bet that your assets are going to appreciate in value. Now, we can argue until the cows come home, is RJ Barrett going to appreciate or depreciate in value? Truth is, we don't know. Um, we can say that the numbers say what they do. Cool. No problem. But we don't know because this is, again, a young basketball player. It's funny because a lot of people say that, oh, OG Ananobi is only 26 years old. I'm like, yeah, RJ Barrett's only 23. You know, we can make the same argument. Um, So yeah, I I would be okay with, I think I'm at peace with whatever the New York Knicks do because I trust them to not do anything like batshit crazy. If they did something nuts, I would be shocked completely. But I think the Knicks are in a good position to make whatever gamble they choose to make because betting on yourself is a gamble. Betting on somebody else is a gamble, but you just have to make sure that you're not compromising your infrastructure, right? You don't, you don't bet with anything that you're not afraid to lose. If the New York Knicks aren't afraid to lose an unprotected pick, aren't afraid to you lose one or two young players, I would understand it, but don't do anything that compromises your ability to improve in the future is what I would tell the New York Knicks to do. Two more before we get out of here. BX boy 71. I like DDV Dante DiVincenzo, uh, but I think Torian, Torian Prince fills more of a need uh, on this team, Uh, especially if it's a replacement for Obi Toppin because Torian Prince, um, I still have memories of the Julius Randall 57 point game in which Torian Prince had one of the more efficient games in NBA history and spoiled that night. Uh, so I'd be, I'd be open to it as a, as a replacement, definitely a, a shooter option for sure. Um, quick 30 seconds or less, Torian Prince, Yerne as a replacement for Obi. Torian Prince makes a ton of sense. He's a taller basketball player. He shoots and you're not going to have to pay him. Um, you're not going to have to give him a lot of minutes because last season he played what? 22.1 minutes. Uh, played 54 games at the power forward slot. I wouldn't be against it at all. Um, And yeah, I do think that you could argue that he makes more sense than DDV. The only thing is that he is 28. No, he turned. Yeah, he turns. He already turned 29. So that's the that's the only thing. He's a bit older. But if they brought in Torian Prince, I wouldn't be mad at it at all. 
Next up, um, Fargo Tufo. If I'm Sean Marks, I call Daryl and offer Simmons and picks for Harden. What do you think Daryl says? So basically the same trade that they made for James Harden. Um, I offer it back for, for Ben Simmons. Um, I think I think Daryl Morey uh, has... I, I think this will be the last time he dabbles in the James Harden business, which lets me know he doesn't ever want to dabble or take part in the uh, Ben Simmons business. And then last but not least, who else? Robert Cross, KFS reveal. I had a premonition earlier this year that the Knicks won the title in 25 and RJ was with the trophy. Just saying hashtag 53 wins. Here's the problem. Mensa. Because when the broken clock is right twice a day, when it it happened, so I can't say that you're wrong, right, it won't right. happen again. Like the Knicks did win 53 games this year, <laughs> amazingly enough. So I can't fully call you crazy, Robert. I will just say I I think it's highly unlikely that will happen specifically in that way, but. Maybe they do make an all-in trade for Embiid and are able to keep R.J. Barrett as the third guy. And that's how R.J. Barrett, as the third guy, lifts up a trophy. Michael Porter Jr., playing largely terrible basketball in the finals, just lifted up a trophy. Like, this did happen, you know? So I'm not going to say you're wrong. Adam Morrison has two, two rings. I'm like... That, you like, can we not compare hard I'm just saying, like guys that aren't necessarily the focal point of a title can still win a title. Yeah, no, I look. I'm all there with you, Robert. I just with Robert. I just, yeah, I just made the same <laughs> comment in the KFS faculty about RJ Barrett winning a championship to be one of my happiest moments in life. And Jeremy then. Jeremy Cohen then asked me, um, which version of 2K would I be playing? So we comment. We, so funny. <laughs> we are we are by ourselves, Robert, but that's we don't need anybody else. We as long as we believe in what we believe in, the rest of the world will catch up to us. So I'm right there with you. Um, I think RJ Barrett, I think this team could win with RJ Barrett. It just requires, if I'm being honest, it just requires too much um infrastructural change that for me to say that it's likely unless look, if RJ Barrett comes out next season, shooting 38% from three, um, knocking down all of his wide open threes, all kind of stuff, then Hey, and defending and being, being the basketball player, basically being the opposite of the basketball player he was in the regular season this year. Then yeah. But how likely is that if we're being truthful? Um, again, I'm a big RJ Barrett believer, but at the end of the day, if I have to, if I have to choose, I'm going to choose the name on the front of the jersey before I choose the name on the back of the jersey. Look, not for nothing. I I, I thought he was better in the playoffs. Don't get me wrong. I I can't <laughs> diminish like what he was from Game Three of the Cavs series on, I, I until Game Game Six against Miami. Like that, when nobody, that, else, but nobody showed up. When nobody game. showed up. So for those eight games, he was outstanding. Um, he also shot 32 percent from three in the playoffs. 32 percent total on six attempts. So. Like he wasn't like he still wasn't crazy efficient on the hold. It's when you look at that specific eight game sample and look, we've seen it from RJ. There are several eight game samples where he's outstanding. Go look at his numbers in December of this past season where before Luka, jo- Luka Doncic cut his hand off, he was outstanding. So I, I don't fully, dis- uh, I won't rule out that an RJ Barrett, uh, efficient, more efficient season could potentially happen. Uh, he's got to do it, and we'll see what happens tomorrow. 
Mensa because maybe the Knicks will give him a chance to do it. Um, my thank you to Mensa. I apologize that this live stream uh, ended up being just you and me. I, I do enjoy when you and Sean and uh, XJ get to converse and uh, getting to listen to it and getting to check Life it happens. out. Life happens. I'm glad you and I got to spend some quality time together, though. Yeah. Uh, we haven't chatted in a while, and I'm glad we got to talk about anything but the baseball team we root for. Is there anything you'd like to say before the Knicks head off into free agency? Um, just don't trade for James Harden. <laughs> don't trade for James Harden. That's a good takeaway. I, I agree with that. Yeah, that's it for me, honestly. Um, I'm hoping that... I'm hoping that, you know, we can improve internally and that we don't have to do too much uh, roster gymnastics, um, which kind of the roster gymnastics I'm talking about are the, the DiVincenzo edition. I'm, the more I think about it is the less in favor I am for Dante DiVincenzo to be on the New York Knicks just because it's just, just too, many, too many of my favorite players on the team will have to go out. And by too many, I mean one. But that's another conversation for another day. I just want this team to to continue putting pieces together to eventually achieve the ultimate goal. And whatever that is for them, I officially trust them enough that they can do as they please without my doubt. I may not be happy about everything, but I won't doubt what they're doing. I agree. I, I'll co-sign that, that they've at least earned our trust. So thank you everybody for tuning in. We, we do this. We did this every night this week. Uh, the next time we will be live will be on Friday at 5 PM before the 6 PM opening of free agency. It'll be John and Jeremy with me behind the scenes. But thank you to Mensa. You could follow him on Twitter at more like Mensa. His at is on the screen on the screen. If you're listening later, it's hyperlinked in the episode description. Uh, and to the other casuals, um, thank you as always for your contributions. When you're here, I hope all is well. I know what's going on, so I, I hope everything is okay. Uh, but to the rest of you, thank you for tuning in, and we will speak with you soon. Peace. Peace.